verse 28. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Father, help us to hear, help us to see, help us to walk in this truth, the wondrous truth of divine enabling. Father, may we... May we decrease in such a way that our spiritual gifts overwhelm us and all who come to our, into our lives. Help us to know this. Help us to not fall into this Corinthian catastrophe of being ignorant of spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. We are looking at spiritual gifts, these gifts, and we've been looking for a while. And people say, Terry, there are times that you just seem to take forever at a text. I was looking at this. I've taken five weeks on the gifts of men. I will take a complete 11 weeks on gifts that strengthen. Uh, and And that doesn't even get me into gifts that signal. So we're looking at gifts. And we looked at these gifts of men. These are gifted men who are given as gifts to the church. Did you get that? Gifted men that are given as gifts to the church. They were apostles and prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. And we looked at that in depth. And we've seen in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 that these gifts, these gifted men were given for the strengthening of the body. Of the body. They are to strengthen the church. Then we moved into this second part, these gifts that strengthen, and we see that there are 11 gifts that strengthen. And in the 11 gifts, 1 Peter 4 tells us you could break them into two categories. One would be speaking gifts and the other would be serving gifts. And a lot of people would say, well, isn't a speaking gift a serving gift? Yes, it is. But one of the gifts would be a verbal gift and one of the gifts would be an action gift. Okay, yes, I know that speaking is an action. But I'm figuring that if you've got that much detail on your, pro- your hands, you probably are not serving. All right, the speaking gifts broke out to this. There was the gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of teaching, and the gift of exhortation. These are extraordinarily simple to spot. Amazingly easy to speak, spot. I mean, I can spot them on a television show. I can spot them on a radio broadcast. I can spot them by somebody standing on a street corner instantaneously, just like that. You know how I can spot them? They all deal with the Word of God. If a person is prophesying and he's saying nothing of the Bible, it is not the gift of prophecy. Prophecy has nothing to do with time. Please understand that. Prophecy is a very simple statement in the original language. It means to stand in front and proclaim. It ain't got nothing to do with time. Okay, Uh, when you think about the Old Testament prophets, most of us will do a quantum physics and our mind immediately thinks about somebody predicting the future. Okay, truth of the matter is, whether it be Malachi or Daniel or Samuel, they were all doing what? Speaking in front of people and they actually had a text. And the Bible is the Bible is the Bible. I've seen amazingly gifted speakers who are not divinely empowered. Okay, please understand that. All right, but then there were gifts of serving. Okay, and then I give you the five gifts of speak. Now we have six gifts of, of serving. The first one we looked at uh, sometimes is translated administrations um, or leadership. Okay, um, both of them are correct. Uh, we looked at Romans chapter 12 last week, and we also seen that this gift of administration, this gift of leadership, had a, a word that we like to leave out. It is called the diligence. Those who lead do it with diligence. And the word diligent means hastily. Don't tarry with it. A leader will make it. He, he sees the direction. And he makes the decision to get to the direction. The word literally means the man who steers the ship. And what is amazing about that is if you look at history, you'll see that some of these men, when they were steering the ship, the helmsmen, when they hit the storm, everybody would go below decks. You would trim all your sails. That means you got rid of all your sails. And yet he had to stay the course. And they would literally at times strap his hands to the wheel so that he would stay the course of this ship through this storm. That is the gift of leadership. They will stay the course. All right. But... 
they are to do it with haste. They look at it, they were diligent, they are diligent with this. Um, to deal with issues the moment that you become aware of them. Listen, that's difficult. That's difficult. Part of my giftedness is leadership. I know the direction, I make decisions, and I am diligent. You know, it doesn't mean that you, you step out of the atmosphere of love. How many of you know that what chapter 13 is called in the book of Corinthians? Okay? And you always hear it read at weddings. Right? That's awful. That's the worst interpretation of Scripture that I've seen. It's got nothing to do with getting married. It has to do with one thing. What is it? Spiritual gifts in the church. That's what it's for. When you study spiritual gifts, it has to be 12, 13, and 14. You can't say, well, I'm just going to study chapter 12 and, verse 14, and chapter 14. What are you going to do with 11? Why? Any gift you use has to be in the atmosphere of... Love. Love. Why? It doesn't brag. It doesn't boast. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. But you always like to hear it at weddings, and I think that's just so, so special. But if you've ever watched me do a wedding, you'll never hear me read that text. Okay? They may want to read it. Go ahead. Read that text. But I know what the text means, and I ain't reading that because that's silly. Okay? And I ain't doing that to be cruel, so all of you who are planning on getting married, throw that one out. Okay. I believe that most of the people in the church, when it comes to the gift of leadership, have that side order uh, gift called procrastination. Okay, I will tell you honestly and up front that procrastination is of the devil. All right, It is there to dissuade you. Okay, And when it does that, you are not being diligent in exercising your gift. Okay, The next gift I want to look at today is one you see in um, chapter 12, verse 28. The gift of helps. Some of your translations may say the gift of serving. Okay? In the serving gifts, remember we have the speaking gifts and serving gifts. In the speaking gifts, there is the gift, the gift of serving. And your response should be the same as mine. Duh. <laughs> well, that makes sense. If I'm in the serving gifts, probably have the gift of serving. All right? I mean, aren't all gifts to be serving the body of Christ? Ephesians 4.11. Um, yeah, <laughs> they are. Chapter 12, verse 5 says this. There's a variety of ministries. Okay? There are varieties of serving Okay? But this gift that you see here, translated helps in the New American Standard, um, is, is a specialization, as best that I can call it. Um, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says this. In everything I showed you that you were working, by working hard, in this manner, you will help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, in the original language, this word here in, chap in verse 35, it says you must help the weak. It literally is to support the weak. It's to support the weak. So when I read this spiritual gift in verse 28 of chapter 12 of Corinthians and it says help, I'm thinking of something that is support. It's the same word um, in... Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 7, it is the gift of service, serve in the gift of service, in the gift of ministry, and it is support. Um, the literal translation, if you took this word in the original language, the Greek language, this is the literal translation. To take a burden off of someone else and to place it upon yourself. To take a burden off of someone else and to place it on yourself. So when you see this word used, um, understand what is being said. Please make a note of that, that definition. I know a lot of people who want to take the burden off of someone else and place it on someone else. That is not this gift. This gift assumes that burden. It is a gift of helping somebody accomplish something. Okay? It is really a gift that has, I believe, it has to come alongside leadership. 
this gift of administration, this gift of boat steering. Okay? What is leadership doing? He's tied to the wheel. Right? He knows the direction. He knows the course. And he's determined he's going to make the decisions to get that direction there, right? The gift of helps, okay, or the gift of serving is making that happen. If you took the illustration that I used last week when Paul was in the storm and he had the little vision, the angel came to God, angel of God came to Paul and said, ship will be lost, but nobody will be hurt. Okay. If you think about that, they had to take at one point, they took ropes and they tied them around the keel of the boat to keep the bugger from busting open. Okay. You had a lot of the cargo was jettisoned to release the, the uh, load of the, the, they call it actually where the water goes down. You're too deep in the water, they'll raise the boat up by offloading cargo. Okay. The guy at the helm can't do that. The trimming of the sails to put them back in their little covers so that they're not drawing air or water. The the person at the helm can't do that. The person at the helm has to do what? Steer. Steer. So he has a whole supporting crew that would tie the keel together, that would jettison cargo that they thought was expendable, that would trim all the sails. That is the gift of helps. That is the gift of serving. Um, you know, I think about this week that we just had, for those of you who didn't, you know, didn't realize it, last Saturday, not yesterday, a week ago, we had a wedding here, and on Tuesday we had a memorial for Ed. There's no way I can do all that. And I saw a lot of people pitch in and come over and then the the wedding party wanted to decorate and do stuff like that. And then we had to bring chairs in for the memorial and and do stuff like that. And there was the ordering of flowers and uh, we're taking up money for Pam. And and all of this stuff was all having to take care of. And by gift said, let's get this done. And there was many who stepped up with the gift of serving and, and did it. This is what needs to be done. You know, I had a lot of people who saw what was going on and their calls to me were, what can I do to help? Okay? They support, they help. And the problem with the gift of serving is that there are so many conceivable ways and possibilities. I don't know what the limit is. I, I can't say, well... This is the limit of serving. Uh, I have no idea the numbers of ways to help. I I, I, I don't know. Leadership is steering. And how many ways can you help the leadership get to the destination that they're striving for? Do you see what I mean? It's not complicated. Um, How many ways can you help the leadership attain the goal, the course, the direction that they are on. Okay? I just jotted down some things. People cleaning the church. When a person steps up and cleans the church. Now, if they do it because they have to, and I'm just telling you, I'm just, it's my turn, and I'm just going to... That is not the spiritual gift of serving. Okay? Um, but when they step up to clean the church, does that help? Absolutely. You know, when people, I watched them on uh, Tuesday morning before everybody started showing up, uh, there were people running around checking toilet paper rolls. And I thought, well, that's stupid. And then it dawned on me that, no, that's probably really important. Okay? I mean, you know, nothing like being at a funeral, go to the bathroom, and there's no toilet paper. Um, See what I mean? I mean, I never thought about putting little packets of, of Kleenexes in the chairs. I never thought about that. I was just trying to figure out how many chairs I could get. Um, Look in the back of the chair in front of you. Do you see them little offering envelopes? Where do you suppose those come from? It's a miracle! No, it's not the gift of miracles. (laughs) Somebody looks and says, you know what? We need these and they just go and do it. Do you know who does that? Yes, this little, little envelope gnome. He comes in 
and puts his little envelopes in. We think he has the gift of giving, but he's broke. So he just puts the envelopes in so we can give. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? Where does that stuff come from? Okay, um, just, there's just all kinds of things. Um, there are people in this church who just make phone calls. That's serving, to encourage, to, to point, to direct, to ask, can you help? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, we, how many exercised the gift of serving and help yesterday moving Nate and Corinne? How many? I mean, there ain't no leadership in that. There ain't no speaking gift in that. Okay, it is pick it up, put it in the truck, pick it up, put it in the truck, pick it up out of the truck, put it in the house, put it in, you know, and it, you know it's, that's, there's nothing, there's no rocket science to it. There is when you get a certain refrigerator and we only got one door that it'll fit in. Okay, but I mean, but other than that, right, um, how many times have you helped fix a brother or sister's car? Yeah, and some cars... I just look at him and say, you know, I'd sell it. <laughs> I've laid hands on this thing and it is broke. Um, there are some who are reaching out to Pastor Paul, sending him. There were some things that he wanted, uh, some class lesson planning stuff for Christian schools and stuff like that. All right. And they just get the stuff together. I have some stuff that I send on a regular basis between Grace Community and Oldford Ministries and Packages have to go back and forth and they're signed for and all the rest of it. And I have people who just do that. We have CDs uh, and, and uh, the sermons getting on the World Wide Web and we get tape duplication and weird stuff like that. And we had at one time we were sending out tapes. There was a number of people in different parts of this country who were receiving cassettes of all of our messages. And they were taking these and these people would take these tapes, put them in envelopes and mail them to whoever wanted them. Who did that? Okay, the gift of helps. Um, you see it in the in Acts chapter six. The apostles were waiting on tables. Okay. Well, what do you mean they were waiting? On? They were taking care of physical needs of people in the church, people who needed food, people who were needing clothing and housing and, and things like that. And the apostles were busily doing this. You know, such and such needs to move. Can you, pack, uh, Apostle Peter, help me get these people packed up and moved so we can put them into this house and all the rest of it? And it was the church was growing in such a way that the apostles come to this conclusion. We're taking time away from the Word of God. We're taking time from the prayers to God on behalf of the saints. And He appointed what you and I know this day as deacons. That's the root for the gift of serving. The gift of serving. They understood they needed to be working and teaching the Word. They needed to be working it diligently in prayer. And it was taking too much time to deal with this stuff. And it's not that they didn't want to. It's that there were other people who were gifted. So he got people to help serve the tables. And they were called servers. They were called deacons. Okay? So originally this word had to do with the waiting on people, waiting on tables, the serving other people. And you know what? You can spot this gift because in the serving of other people, that is their greatest joy. That's when you know that it's a spiritual gift. I've seen people who served because they felt like they had to. Okay, now that comes in, that has two lines in it. It may not be your gift or it may be a sin. Okay, it is done because it's a labor of love. All right, they look at the, the great commandment, the great commission, I call it, and they say, love the Lord your God and your neighbor. And they take great joy in serving other people. They are overwhelmed by it. They take, that is a fulfillment in their life. They adorn in it. Here's the problem with this gift. Okay? The problem that was hurting the church in Corinth. There's two problems. But one that I want to deal with right now is this one. There's no glory in this gift. Okay? If you do this, expecting an attaboy... You're in sin. There's no glory in this. There's no fanfare in this gift. There's no acclaim. It is just the joy of seeing what was on the table and meeting it. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 
6 verse 2 says those says this this is kind of cool those who have believers as their masters speaking of slaves <clears throat> who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren but they must serve them all the more all the more uh, you can use the gift of helps if you work for a christian employer the gift can be used there by supporting that employer, by helping, by fulfilling the thing which you are required to do, and you're doing it willfully, joyfully. It is a, it is a, the fact of being able to do it is the reward. Okay, when I, when I read Paul concluding his life, and he says, I have poured out as a drink offering. All right. How much fanfare do you get out of the being poured out as the drink offering? There is no fanfare. You just take this big cup that has been had wine to start with, and as they wash their hands off in this thing, the blood off their hands, so it's wine and, and blood mixed, and at the end of the sacrifice is done, the atoning work is done, everything is taken care of. You've got this big old nasty cup, and you take that, and you throw it on the coals, and what does it do? Poof! Big steam thing, and that's it. That's serving. That is humility. That says I've got nothing here. And they're doing it joyfully. If you look at Romans chapter 16, the conclusion of the letter, don't go, you don't have to turn to it. I'm just going to touch on this because I want you to go to Romans 12 in a moment. But when you see people struggling with no accolades, they're not getting any, I didn't, they didn't even say thank you. Uh, they, remember, listen, Jesus cleansed 10 lepers. Okay? Do you understand what that means in that society? You were the single greatest outcast of society and Jesus cleansed them and what was his reward? How many thanked him? One. The greatest single outcast in society and you've been cleansed of it and one could thank him? All right. In Romans chapter 16, he's concluding his letter. Paul lists a bunch of people who helped him. And he uses this phrase, and greet my helpers in Christ Jesus. Okay? What did they do? That's what I wanted to know. What did they do? He doesn't say. He doesn't say what they did. I mean, they may have given him a pair of sandals. They may have given him a bed, food, whatever it was. They helped him and he stated it in Holy Scripture. Their names are forever now. Why? What did they do? I don't know. But Paul says they were my helpers in Christ Jesus. They were my helpers in Christ Jesus. And he states their name in Holy Writ. They helped. Verse 9 has some of the others. You know, and, and these are people who helped him in his tent business. I don't know if they were in advertising, uh, marketing, or shipping. But whoever they were, they were helpers in Christ Jesus. And they helped him in his tents. I think the most needed, the most common gift the Spirit of God gives is the gift of helps. The gifts of supporting. It just seems logical. You just need people. I mean, I look at what our church went through in just the last seven days. Uh, we didn't have the bodies and the, and, and the people to take care of it. I mean, we were over 200 people for uh, the service for Ed, uh, the wedding uh, on Saturday, and um, I saw people with the gift of help step up. I believe that the body of Christ must have it. I don't believe that we can get anything done without people exercising this gift. You can have a guy tied to the steering wheel, and if there's nobody trimming the sails, there's nobody throwing off excess cargo, if there's nobody making sure uh, what's going on with the boat, bailing the water or cleaning the toilets or making sure we've got toilet paper, what's, what's going to happen? Who set up the Lord's table this day? Somebody's going to go break up a bunch of crackers, pour grape juice in little bitty cups. It, 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 just, it isn't osmosis. How does it happen? 
I mean, it is difficult for me to remember it's the first of the month and we're going to have the thing. Okay? I mean, I struggle with bringing the music together. How tough is that? It's very tough sometimes. I mean, I, when you have a, a, like the last few weeks that I've had, it is tough when all of a sudden it's Friday and Matt says, you got the music? You know, and I, I remember a couple of times, you pick it. <laughs> well, what are you teaching on? Same thing I've been teaching on for six months. I'll be teaching on it for another six. Okay, so um, it, we, it's got to be had in a church, and it's got to be had multiples. Um, maybe you can't preach. Maybe you can't teach. Maybe you can't sing. Okay, you can clean. Listen, if I can clean this place... There ain't nobody in this building who can't. Alright? Uh, maybe you can trim the weeds. God knows we have a bumper crop right over there. It's a little tough though because they got that green netting thing and gets in your weed whacker. Trust me, I know that. Maybe you can take a meal to somebody. Maybe you could fix something. I would prefer you fix something that was broke. Okay, I don't, I don't need you to fix something that isn't broke. Um, I've been down that road. Maybe you can straighten up the chairs. You know what? Maybe you can just mow your neighbor's lawn. Okay? What I'm trying to get at, this gift, how wide and broad is it? Well, I think that this gift, the gift of helps, the gift of serving, the gift of supporting, is as broad as creation is. And I'll let you ponder that one. Okay, these people were very dear to the Apostle Paul. Okay, he repeats it in uh, Philippians chapter two. He's speaking of Epaphroditus, and he said he his he was my helper. He calls him a companion and helper, fellow soldier, laborer. Okay, and, and he goes on and describes Epaphroditus. He says he helped my ministry. He helped minister to my need. And he describes Epaphroditus this way, exercising this gift. He was near death, Epaphroditus was, and not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in service. Now you think about that for a second. How many of us serve because it is convenient? Okay, that's not the gift of serving. Epaphroditus sets a standard for it. Epaphroditus was near death and yet continued to pick up whatever needed was needed for the Apostle Paul. He served Paul so much that he gambled with his own life. Do you hear what I said? He served Paul so much that he gambled with his own life. He was near death. He would not stop serving Paul's need, even when he was physically ill. Listen, brothers, we said goodbye to a brother who carried this. I was talking to Stephanie this morning. She says, we don't have anybody to clean the church for July. And so she, we were kind of picking up and trash and all the rest of it. And uh, I said, well, you know, because she's got all of her in-laws are in town. And she, so she's not here today. And, and, and she said, you know, I just wanted to come in and do this. Now, she has to go back and spend the day. She's going to have lunch together and some dinner with all these, her brother-in-law and mother and father-in-law and all the rest of it. And she came over and did that. Okay, and I said, Stephanie, you've got all this stuff to do at home. What are you doing here? And she looked at me, she smiled real big into that goofy, like a deer in the headlights look. <laughs> she says, I saw Ed in here vacuuming the church in more pain than I ever dreamed. How could I not take time to come and help this morning? Grab that one and chew on it for a while. Okay. Epaphroditus did that for the Apostle Paul. I'm not an apostle. Okay. But I do share with you those things because you've seen the gifts. There's people in this church right now exercising the gift and you don't even know it. Who set the Lord's table today? Who checked the paper towels? Okay. Who put all the chairs back in the this order, because at one time it was stuffed. The organ was actually in the cry room. We were going to do some kind of music video, and we changed our mind. 
Who did that? Okay, those of you here at the memorial on Tuesday, does the place look different? Sure does. How did it all get back? Gravity. You pick the building up on that end and you shake it like that and it all slides out here. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you have this gift? It's absolutely necessary to the progress of the body of Christ. Absolutely necessary. But you know what? It doesn't attract a lot of attention. Okay, because I know for a fact whoever's got the gift of water in the grass isn't exercising it. I've seen that thing out there. We, we're getting ready to... We may not go to the wilderness, but we may look like the wilderness. No, I'm just kidding. Okay? It has no fanfare to it. And you know what? That was what was happening in the church in Corinth. Nobody was exercising, well, the gift of leadership or... The gift of helps. Who wants to be a leader? Get tied to the steering wheel. Listen, the gift of leadership is not necessarily a speaking gift. Who wants the fanfare? What gifts today are exalted in the body of Christ that get all the credit and all the accolades? Speaking gifts. Why? You can write a book. Make a TV program, radio broadcast, do whatever. You have a TV show, radio show, call in, whatever, web, website, do whatever. You get all the fanfare, you get all the accolades. <clears throat> they want to talk. And they want experience. You know what? The gift of serving, it's an experience. There's a joy in experience. But you know what? It ain't the experience you want. Okay? You don't get hurrah, hosanna in the highest for cutting the grass. You just don't get it. Just don't get it. But I want to show you something because I, I, am, I love the subtlety of the Holy Spirit. The church in Corinth was looking for glory. Okay? They, they, whatever I could do to bring attention. Okay? I see that in Christendom today. I see that on a large scale in Christendom today. How do you judge a successful church today? By its numeric size, correct? What would you just do? You know what? There's a church in Thessalonica that has always existed from the time of the Apostle Paul. It's never not existed. There was a church in Ephesus. Ephesus doesn't exist. Laodicea, Smyrna. Philadelphia and a bunch of these other places and no church exists there. No city exists there. Right? There's always been a church in Thessalonica. Even to this day, there's a church in Thessalonica. Okay? And if you read First and Second Thessalonians, you, you find an amazing church. One of the most amazing churches that I've ever read, they had a faith that, that uh, a love that labored, a faith that was just Christ exalting. Uh, they understood and they received the Spirit even in tribulation. Uh, their, their name had been heard in all of Macedonia and Achaia and even all of Christendom. And I don't know who their pastor was. I don't know who the elders of the church in Thessalonica was. I know Paul didn't, was, was only there maximum three months. And yet this church blessed the proverbial socks off of Paul's sandals. And it has always been there. Who's the pastor of the church of Thessalonica? I don't know. I don't know. But they had a hope in the second coming, immediate second coming of Jesus Christ at any given minute they were going to see him. That's how they lived their lives. And what they were doing there, how they had turned from idols to God, the true living God, had literally impacted all of Christendom, the whole Greek peninsula. And I don't even know what their television show was called. I don't know what the radio broadcast was. How did they do that? Because the people stepped up. I want to show you the subtlety of the Holy Spirit. Go back to chapter 12, verse 28. Okay, now remember he's writing to. He's writing to a church that the world has now influenced. It has stopped influencing the world. The world is now influencing it. Okay? And he's, he's already started out in chapter 1. You had lacking in no gift. You were just woohoo when it came to spiritual gifts. Look what he says. 
God has appointed in the church. Now, he would, they would understand that he's talking to them. First, apostles. Yep, that's right. That's us. We had the apostle Paul. Second, prophets. That's right. We had prophets and proclaimers. You know, Apollos, he was here. He's a proclaimer. We had people from Cephas come in. They're proclaimers. Okay. But we also had third teachers. Brother, everybody here is a teacher. Then miracles. Amen, brother. We can do miracles. Then they had gifts of healing. Absolutely. We're healing. Helps. Helps. Serving. Table waiters. Then you have leaders. In various kinds of languages. I love the way the Holy Spirit just kind of sticks. Helps. You have all this glamour on display. And he sticks. Helps. Helps him. Helps. What's the deal? See, Paul wanted them, and he wants us to know, helps follows everything else. You have to have helps. See, there's no public recognition. There's no accolades. We have apostles. We have prophets. We have pastor teachers. We can do miracles. We can do healings. We have a bunch of people who have the gift of helps. They lay little Kleenex bags on the chairs at memorials. They make sure that the little envelopes are in for the giving. Okay? They cut the grass. They pull weeds. They clean the dishes. They clean out the coffee pot. Okay? Where's the fanfare for that? Where is the parade for that? There's a huge parade for those people. God celebrates them people. But there's no, there's no public recognition. They just love serving okay God gifts us oh God has gifted us we have leadership I praise God for leadership but you know what God has given us people to help Corinthian church was struggling with experience over substance they were more into the frenzy they more into the oh man I felt the presence of Jesus today brother Okay, we in this church are not so experience based. Okay, but you know what? We do have a problem. And I want you to turn with me over to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to conclude with this thought. The gift of health brings no accolades, it brings no fanfare, it brings no experience, it brings no attaboys. It brings, well, you know, I, I was going to do that, but they, you know, last time I did this, they didn't even thank me for it. it doesn't, you don't get any of that kind of stuff out of the gift of helps. And if you're expecting it, you're in sin. And here's why I say that. Okay? Beginning in verse 9. Remember now, he, he comes out of that, present yourself as a living sacrifice, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be... Romans, yeah. Romans chapter... Oh, Romans chapter 12. Okay, he says, I want, you to, I want you to understand all of this stuff. I want you to grab a hold of all this stuff. I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to be, not be pressed into the mold of the world. Oh, yeah, did I tell you that you have gifts and each one is given a measure of faith and to that, use that gift to that measure and all the rest of that. We like that. We think that is really cool. And then in verse 9, he says this, let love be without hypocrisy. You know what that means, right? Let love not be acting. Let love not be acting. Okay, let me abhor evil. Okay, I abhor evil. All right, I'm not acting in my love. I abhor evil. Okay, cling to that is good. That's easy. Cling, cling, cling. Good, good, good. Cling, cling, cling. No problem. Okay. Now I want you to look at verse ten. Did you read that? You guys read that. I want you to read it silently to yourself and ask yourself a question. How are you doing with that one? I'll read it. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Then verse 11. Not lagging behind in diligence. You, you know what that means, right? Uh, here, here's Terry's translation for that one. Don't procrastinate 
in doing this. Okay? Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulations, devoted to prayer. Contributing to what? What does it say? Contributing to what? The needs of who? The saints. Practicing hospitality. Okay, now I want to just wrap this thing up quickly. I believe that the main gift that exists in every Christian is the gift of serving. It's the gift of serving. Okay? Taking a burden off of somebody else and bearing it yourself. Okay? And like I said, I, it is as broad as creation. All right? <clears throat> I believe that the group that is gathered here today is fairly or, orthodox and fairly strong in the Scripture, so we're not really basing our walks on experiences or liver quiver or that made my hair stand up type stuff. Okay? We're just kind of cruising along and we're testing the spirits and we're walking with it. But I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe that you are serving even to the point of physically being exhausted by it? And if you're not, I would argue that this is the reason that you are not. Here's the key to this. All right? Verse 10, devoted to one another in brotherly love. Okay, let me expound that. Uh, The word there, brotherly love, is the word we get Philadelphia. What it is the word Philadelphia? Phileo is an overwhelming passion for somebody. Okay, but it has to do with that that you would have toward uh, a relative. Maybe a, a, a brother or a sister. That concern. Okay? But he says this about that. Okay? That brotherly love, that, that love that you see in the blood family, have that with a devotion to one another. Okay? How many in this body can say, I can put the saints of God before my lost relatives? That's that text. The saints of God I have a greater devotion for even beyond my blood relatives. Because see, if you're not walking there, who are you serving? I know who you're serving. Self. You'll serve self. Why? Self will make it convenient. Don't get me wrong. You'll help Anytime you're asked, and of course you have the time. But if I am devoted to one another because I'm coming out of a mindset that I have a love that is out without hypocrisy, then the body of Christ, the brethren, the saints, all of a sudden I am now what? Devoted to. Devoted to. That is when Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul was saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders. They all wept bitterly. They all wept bitterly. Why? How many people when they leave a church weep? You know what? Two weeks ago, I had the privilege to see a man who was afraid he wasn't going to be able to come back and serve the body of Christ, and it brought him to tears. He wept that he could not possibly come back and serve the body of Christ. And he said, if I can't come back and serve the body of Christ, let me go on to glory. And God took him on to glory. But he shed tears at the fact that he thought that he wasn't going to be able to serve the body of Christ. See what he says here? Devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. That that second half of that, you know what that means, right? Did you read that? Give preference to one another? How? In honor. He's coming right out of spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters. 
See, we all know verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12, and what is killing the church today is we die. We don't ever go beyond that. Why? Can I look at the body of Christ? I don't care how old they are. I don't care how young they are. You know what? They just seem socially inept. You know what? There are people in the body of Christ that I have absolutely nothing in common with. Nothing in common with. So why are they in my church? Because I want you to be devoted to the brethren in love. And I'll bring the ones that I want you to be devoted to. Did you ever think about that? You know what? It shocked me to see the Russians weep when I come. Now, first time I thought they, they heard of me <laughs> and they're crying. Oh, God, he's here. <laughs> All right. And then they wept. Did I share it with you, Mikhail and um, Anna? They're, they're not allowed to date. You don't date in the church in Russia. If you want to spend time to get to know somebody, you go to church and you meet them. Okay? And you come there and then you just get married and... All right. But they're not allowed to go out together without a married couple of chaperones. I was leaving the church to take a train back to Moscow to come back. And they had to go find a married couple who would come down to the railroad station. It was cold and foggy, kind of drizzly and snow about armpit pit deep. And they were looking for somebody so they could come and say goodbye to me. You know what that is? Devoted to the brethren and brotherly love. Why? There's a preference for the brethren in honor. Now listen, if you talk about another saint, well, you know, such and such ain't doing this and ain't doing that and ain't doing that. How much honor is there? How much honor is there? Listen, if a person is stumbling and you see them stumbling, you don't go say, you know, I just think that they're over there stumbling. You know what you do? You pick up the burden and you carry the thing and you bring them honor because you know what? You may have the gift of serving and you are taking that load off of them so that they can accomplish the walk that they set before them. That's the gift of serving, brothers and sisters. And if it is an exercise, there's one reason, one reason only. You're not devoted to the church. If you're not devoted for the church, you'll never serve. I mean, you can be called on. You know, one of the things that I struggle with as the pastor, if I call somebody and ask them to do something, they also, as the pastor's asking, that's sort of like God asking, I better go do this. And I find myself in a catch-22, I don't want to ask for nothing. Why? Because I don't want people to think that they have to. But you know what is bizarre about this gift, serving? Yes, I believe it is tied closely to leadership, the gift of leadership. But I think the thing that amazes me about this gift is, if I'm, as Paul commands in the power of the Holy Spirit, I am devoted to the brethren and brotherly love and considering devoting myself to their honor then I'm going to see the need without somebody calling me saying this person has the need. The people in this church who are being used for kingdom work are the people who are involved in this church. And I hate to say that. I'm not trying to put people on the spot. The people who are involved in this church are being used for kingdom work. The rest of them are there. They're available. I can call them up and say such and such needs a ride or this needs a meal or this needs... Sure, I'll take care of it. No problem. But there are people in this body of people who are so involved that they see the need before sometimes a person sees the need. And it's because of their devotion to brotherly love. They're devoted to the, to the fellowship. Now, I don't see that today in the body of Christ. I just don't see it. Not in this country. I've, I've, been, I've been, had the privilege to be in some other countries and I've seen the churches devoted. But if you really want to think about it, you think about that birth of the church in Jerusalem and it says everybody did what with their possessions? What? They sold them all. Who did they give them to? Church leadership. And said the church leadership can dispense them as the church leadership believes is necessary. Well, I just don't trust church leadership. Jesus never said it for you too, did he? 
But he did say, trust me. And where is he manifested? In the church. In the church. Okay? There was a devotion and brotherly love. I believe that that's what's killing the church in, in, in at least Castle Rock, um, probably Colorado, and I would probably say most of America, is that the devotion to the church is non-existent. It's just not there. It's just not there. Okay? So we see there are gifts of men. We see there are gifts that strengthen. Of the strengthening gifts, there's five speaking gifts. There are six serving gifts. The two that we have looked at is the gift of leadership and the gift of serving. We will press on in the weeks to come. Father, I just praise you for your word. I rejoice at the amazing things you do. Father, may we be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Father, uh, help us. Give us preference to one another in honor. Father, let us be diligent, fervent in spirit, serving you, Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering, Lord, in tribulation, and devoted to prayer, continuing to meet the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Thank you, Father, for overwhelming us with your presence, overwhelming us with your word, and indwelling us with your Holy Spirit. Father, we may decrease, you may increase, to your glory and praise. Amen.